5: It began with a song that I first heard sung by Sean Kane in Galway. We're
6: going to do a song from uh, Thomas Fraser. It's a song that was written by Richard Thompson. A song called "From Galway to the
5: <laughs> It's a song about love and dreams and obsession and Elvis.
6: Oh, she dressed in the dark, and she whispered them in. She was pretty and pink like a young girl again. Twenty years married, and she never thought twice. Kneeked out the door And walked into the night And the silver wings Harried all over the sea From the west coast of Ireland To West Tennessee To be with her sweet hand She left her from Galway to Grace and to be with the King She was home in suspicion That's the song she liked best She had Elvis, I love you, tattooed on her old breast she landed in Memphis Well her heart beat so fast She dreamed for so long now She'd see him at last She was down by his graveside Day after day Come close
5: It's an odd story, sort of sad and sort of crazy, and I was intrigued. Was she real, I wondered. Why was she so obsessed? I wrote for answers to the songwriter Richard Thompson. His response I made the song up, but there really are people like that. So I decided to see for myself, to go from Galway to Graceland.
7: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the captain speaking. One final time, we've started our descent for the Memphis area. We're just about 50 miles from the field at this time. Seatbelt sign coming on for the last time. Please return to your seats, fasten your seatbelts, and please keep it fast until we make our final stop at the gate.
5: And as the plane prepared to land at Memphis, even an unbeliever like myself couldn't help feeling just a little excited. Well, the am of my soul. What's wrong
1: with me? I'm itching like a man on a fuzzy tree. My friends say I'm acting wild as a bug. I'm in love. I'm all shook up. Ooh, ooh, ooh. My hand is shaky and my knees are weak I can't seem to stand on my own two feet Who do you think thank oh,
5: when you have such luck? I'm in love I'm all shook up mm-hmm. I had arrived in Memphis during Elvis week when the faithful gather to pay their respects on the anniversary of his death, August 16th. So it wasn't just any ordinary week. Then again. These are no ordinary
8: fans. God said, let there be a man-child made in heaven. Then put upon this earth, he will grow tall and straight and handsome. I will give him a loyal and loving heart filled with empathy and compassion. I will give him a soulful eyes to warm many hearts. I will give him a majestic, forming, graceful, poetic hands with which to express himself. I will make his voice of crushed velvet, and when he speaks and sings, untold beauty and joy will be heard and felt around the world. I will bring him forth into the world to bring people together and to give harmony to the lives of the multitudes. I will give him a vivacity and wit and personality that will warm and thrill all who witness this heavenly child. I will give him riches and love beyond imagination through all who, this golden and chosen child, I will make him unique and irreplaceable in a world of duplication. I will present him to the world as a gift from God in heaven, and he shall be called Elvis Aaron Presley. I'm looking for Elvis. Have you seen him in your
2: town? I'm looking for my teddy bear. He sure can get around. Well, if you happen to see him, tell him to give me a call. You can find my number. I wrote it on Graceland's wall. And speaking of the wall, here's the point The wall. The wall that is in front of Graceland has been touched by many hands. From around the world, messages have been written to Elvis and signed by his loyal fans. This wall of stone is filled with memories from people near and far. They look over this wall and see Graceland and express love for the greatest star. The wall connects the famous musical gates that open to welcome Elvis fans. A special bond is formed at Graceland with people throughout the lands. The whole world comes together and difference doesn't matter at all. For hearts are united through the king of rock and roll when fans gather at the wall. I love y'all!
5: Graceland is located about 10 miles south of downtown Memphis. Looking at it from across Elvis Presley Boulevard, the detached observer might not find it all that spectacular. But who's detached? certainly not the half million people who visit every year. The house was named by the previous owner, after her great aunt Grace. But Elvis made it all his own.
7: Oh, you'd have to go inside to understand it, like his jungle room. Uh, this is uh, hand-carved wood. It, it would, it's strange, it looks like lion heads and stuff and everything on the chairs. He's got a big round chair, it's probably about five or six feet round, and uh. It wouldn't fit in through the door, so they had to take take a window out to bring it in through the window. And he's got a waterfall on on the wall, and the waterfall works and everything. It's just the interesting stuff that he had. like like in his uh, jungle room where he recorded two albums here. He um, he had carpet put on the ceiling, to soundproof it, because that's what they did in the sixties in and seventies. The California Elvis found out, so he did it here. So so his jungle room was like soundproof, so he could have like a recording session there. And it's just interesting, the stuff that, that he has. You know. It's really nice. It's really nice.
3: In order for a person to really enjoy it, you have to be able to go back in time. Some people say that it's gaudy and things like that. But if you go back to when the house was decorated, that's what things were, and it's not gaudy. And I can go back. Uh, and if you think, some people say it's not a mansion and this, that, and the other, but if you go in 1957 and you pay $100,000 for a home, and you come from where he did, making $2 a day? Baby, that's a mansion. <laughs> that's a mansion. And he uh, kicked butt to get there. And it's just... Um, it's like home.
5: When the Presleys first moved to Memphis from Tupelo, Mississippi, in 1948, home was a room and a boarding house, a far cry from the grandeur of Graceland. Elvis enthusiast Tad Pearson took me for a drive through Memphis in his pink Cadillac and as we pulled up outside a rundown block of apartments he explained its place in the Elvis story
9: This is Lauderdale Courts this was a federal housing project and people in, with very low income could move into here and get government subsist- uh, subsidies and, and help and uh, in 1948 they moved into here and uh, because Elvis was a twin um, and the twin died, a lot of people kind of conjecture that that created in, in Gladys, the mother, uh, sort of an overprotective, uh, you know, a, a need to overprotect Elvis. And by all accounts, he was kind of a mama's boy and um, scrawny and scared and, uh, you know, the bullies picked on him. Well, not only did Elvis live in this, but uh, Jesse Lee Denson, the Jim, Jimmy Denson lived here, the Denson brothers who were Guitar players and could sing. Uh, Johnny and Dorsey Burnett of the Rock and Roll Trio lived in the neighborhood. Bill Black lived in the neighborhood. So on summer evenings, uh, underneath these trees right here, lots of kids would sit out on the on the grass, play guitars, and uh, so this is. There's a lot of stories about Elvis going to Beale Street to get his early musical influence and whatnot. He may have, but at a very early age, 13, 14 years old, he's hanging out in Lauderdale Courts. No TV, so the kids are just playing guitar. Summer evenings, they're making their own music. And uh, this is where he starts to, you know, get better at, at singing. He he started in Tupelo uh, playing and singing. Always listened to the radio, always wanted to be a singer, you know. But he was very shy and scared of the bullies. And uh, this, to me, this is kind of, the to understand Elvis, you have to come here to Lauderdale Courts and and see this because then you kind of understand that this is where Elvis learned how to dream. This is where he went to the movie theaters, uh, would see the heroes on the screen, would come back home in poverty, uh, you know, didn't have anything, and would dream about the big life, dream about, uh, you know, someday listening to the radio and hearing Frank Sinatra or somebody, you know, uh, Perry Como or somebody on the the radio and dream that, you know, that was his way out. If he could uh, sing and and get a lucky break, then uh, he'd be on his way. Every day,
1: I'm dreaming of your tender
6: kiss,
1: always thinking how I miss
6: my happiness.
1: The it seems I've gone by since we shall our dreams
9: But i hold you again will be no blue memory. This is Sun Studio, uh, 706 Union, famous address. Uh, Sam Phillips owned this recording studio, and this is where Elvis uh, did his first recordings That's Alright Mama, Blue Kentucky Moon uh, back in 1954. Uh, He came here in the spring of 1953 and did a couple of recordings. You can come in and record, at that time you could come in and record your own voice and uh, they would print you up a little 45 record that you could give to somebody as a gift. He came in and recorded uh, a song called My Happiness that he uh, recorded for his mother for her birthday, but everyone kind of really believes that he was just trying to get the attention of Sam Phillips. But uh, it's a I think it's a hugely mythic uh, place here in American history. Uh, in this little room right here in front of Sun Studio, if you go in that door there, uh, inside that little room, is uh, it was recorded virtually all the great early rock and roll stars. Whether the skies are gray
1: or blue, any place on earth will do. Just as long as I'm
6: with you My happiness
10: Welcome to the legendary Sun Studios here in Memphis, Tennessee. We just walked through the doorway of the studio where Elvis walked through. Lots of entertainers walked through here and got started. Johnny Cash, Roy Orbison... Carl Perkins, Jerry Lee Lewis, Rufus Thomas, B.B. King, they all came through that door that we just walked through into the office here of the studio, the office where Marion Keisker was based. Marion being the instrumental person in discovering Elvis Presley and introducing him to Sam Phillips. When Elvis showed up, Sam happened to be out of the building at the time, and Marion was here in the office that we're sitting in right now, at this very desk that we're sitting at, and um, she recognized that he had some talent. She personally recorded herself uh, music, a couple of songs that he recorded here, um, and recognized that this, this young man has some talent, and so she kept encouraging Sam to pay attention to this young kid because Elvis was persistent kept coming back to the studio and saying, hey, you know, uh, listen, listen to what I got here. And Sam really didn't pay much attention. He really didn't think much about Elvis' music initially. really didn't care for his voice very much until that infamous recording session when they did That's All Right. And they just happened to record that when they were planning to take a break from the studio recording session. They were planning to take a break and leave the studio, may probably come back in. Elvis started fooling around with the song. And, um... When Sam heard it, he said, wow, I like that. What is that?
1: Well, that's all right, Mama. That's all right for you. That's all right, Mama. Just any way you do, that's all right. That's all right. That's all right, Mama. Any way you do. Well, Mama, she done told me. Papa done told me. Son, that guy, you foolin', good all right, all right, that's, right. that's right, oh, anyway
5: Although That's All Right launched Elvis to rock and roll stardom, he never forgot his roots. Rock and roll, he said, sprang from gospel music, like the impassioned hymn singing he heard as a child on his mama's knee. Or later, when he sneaked out of his own church to join the black congregation and soak up the atmosphere of unrestrained emotion. I joined the Congregation of Holy Church of God in Christ just as Sunday service began. Men held babies while women clapped and danced down the aisles in what seemed as much a physical as a spiritual release. And the preacher praised the Lord.
1: Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus! I used to smoke, drink, and dance a hoochie-coo. I used to smoke and drink, smoke and drink, and dance a hoochie-coo. Oh, oh, yeah. But now I'm standing on this corner praying for me and you. Ha, ha, ha. That's why I'm saved. I'm saved. People, let me tell you about a kingdom coming. No, I'm saved. I'm saved. Your dear friend, dumb arm in that soul, saving arm, beating on a big bass drum. I used to cuss, I used to bust, I used to bust, bust, boogie all night long. I used to cuss and buzz and cuss and fuss and cuss and cuss and, cuss and, fuss and, cuss and, fuss and boogie all night long. Ha, ha, ha. Now I'm standing on this
10: corner. I know right
5: from wrong. Back at Graceland, the fans continued to arrive.
10: Uh, my body is covered fully. And uh, oh, there's 11 tattoos uh, having something to do with Elvis. You know, like Return to Sender, the Postage Stamp, the Graceland Gates, uh, Elvis in script, his signature, the three stages of Elvis, and then I have a head of Elvis and the TCB. And there's And from the movie Charo. So that's 11. That's 11 candlelight services I've been to, which this one was just added this year for the candlelight this year. I always get one a couple of months before I come down. But that's my dedication to uh, Elvis. Uh, a lot of people show it music, acting, singing. My loyalty is shown every day. He never leaves my heart.
5: While most fans may feel that they are keeping his memory alive, some are convinced that he is
0: alive. Now, you may not believe this, but we believe Elvis is alive. I know he is alive because I've seen him in Franklin, and in my hometown. And my husband, is saw Lisa down there, and uh, she's a, he's also been in Winona Judd's, the country singer, in her recording studio. I wrote him a letter <coughs> where I knew he was riding horses as a Secret Service agent, and uh, told him if I could see it, just one time, see his eyes, know it was him, my search would be over. So he came in uh, February, I mean April the 27th, 1996, and uh, sat down 10 feet from me and looked me straight in the face. He's got the most beautiful white hair you will ever see but he don't have the bush of white sideburns and uh We sat there and looked at each other for a good little bit. And uh, there was a stage set up. So he then turned and looked at the stage. And uh, so I kept looking at him, getting all of his characteristics, his crooked little finger, his scars over his left eye and all. Then I turned and looked at the stage. And I looked back, and he was gone. Now, I know you're not believing a word I'm telling you, but it's true. It's absolutely true.
1: You look like an angel. Look like an angel. Walk like an angel. Walk like an angel. Talk like an angel. Walk, but I got one. You're the devil in disguise. for as <laughs> oh, yes you are.
5: There are apparitions of Elvis everywhere, in bright jumpsuits, sequined capes and oversized sunglasses. It's the images of Elvis competition. Serious stuff, as female Elvis impersonator Ginger Drummer Girl Gilmer informed me.
11: Oh yeah, they're very competitive, especially with the images here. you got the best in the world going at it. It's a battleground, like I was saying. You know, some of these guys really go at it. And me, it's just, yeah, pretty much for love of my boy and because of my looks. Why do you call him your boy? Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of my soulmate. You know, the, remember the old 68 comeback where all the guys in the back room are going, my boy, my boy, my boy, and I just, I've been hooked on that ever since. You know, I always say when I'm talking, you know, to God or whoever, say, yeah, my boy, I do this, yeah, my boy, I'm doing that. And, yeah, he's helped me become very more spiritual, too. it has been, been a big influence on my life. Mm-hmm. In what way? Well, I live with a disease called depression, clinical depression. And it's a horrible disease. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. And uh, went through it. Had a very hard life growing up. It's not an easy life. I mean, I've come close to death many, many times. And until the last 10 years, I've never been happier in my life. Something's working. You know, the doctors, the medication, you know, can't hell with them. They take a hike a lot happier and seem more at peace with myself. I don't know if that's coming with age or what, but I'm determined to fight this disease without the help of all these expensive shrinks and all these horrible noxious drugs they give you.
5: Mm. And what part do you think Elvis has played in in your recuperation? Well,
11: He was, I think, a severely depressed person too. Manic, very moody, you know, and I relate to him emotionally. I relate to him, all the kind things he done. I always believed in being a good person and helping others and I mean, everything he stood for is things I believe in. I mean, I'll never, you know, some things in my life will never change, you know. I always believe for the better. Always be optimistic about a a happy, healthy world. Getting the environment cleaned up, you know, and getting rid of all this violence and hate that's going on nowadays. I want to do something about it. And if EP were here, he would be doing something about it too, I'm sure.
5: (laughs) Finally, what's your favourite song and will you give us a bar of it?
11: Well, tonight I was thinking about over Danny's here. I wanted to do Without Love and Amazing Grace. I mean, those two songs are really stuck in my head. See what I can do. Uh, let me see here. I'm going to try Without Love here. Um, <coughs> I awakened this morning. I was filled with despair. All my dreams. Turned to ashes and gone. Oh, no. As I looked at my life, it was barren and bare. Oh, without love, I have nothing at all.
5: Everywhere you go, the talk is of (laughs) Elvis. And everyone remembers that August day. Well, the day Elvis died, I was working at a job, um, and it came over the radio. And it was a shock, it was a real shock. Um, Everybody on the job that was uh, Elvis fans or liked Elvis or liked his music, they just more or less stopped work, you know, to take a few minutes to kind of comprehend of what they just heard. Um, We couldn't come to Memphis you know, but we had uh, we had our own little get-together uh, on the job and then afterwards at my home.
0: My little boy came and got me because he was watching TV. And he, Paul, took me by my hand and said, you know, Mommy, come in here. I want to... Well, you have to see this. And we went in there and they announced on TV that Elvis died, and I, he just... He was the one. He was hugging me and crying with me, and yeah, I remember it. Yeah. I think that'll be with me always. Actually,
6: mm-hmm.
0: we were talking about this not long ago. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. yep. And even now, you can hear, you can hear something or smell a smell, <laughs> and it brings it back.
12: It does, really. August the sixteenth, and it was about four o'clock. Three thirty, four 4 o'clock, when we heard it, one of the ladies came in and said, Georgie Ann, Elvis is dead. And I said, no, he's not. That's not funny. And uh, one of the other ladies was an Elvis fan that I worked with, and her husband was a deputy sheriff. And she got on the phone and called in you know, the sheriff's office to see if it had come over the teletype. And uh, when I saw her duck her head and start crying, I knew. And um, I started calling my friend that we went to see Elvis with. And, uh, of course, I started crying. And, um, that night when I got home, um, my friends were calling me like I had lost a member of my family. That's how much Elvis meant to me, and they knew it. And, um, my girlfriend and I got on the phone and started making reservations to come to Memphis. On the plane, the way I felt was almost a little excitement and a great deal of sorrow. Your emotions were flipping back and forth because it was something you did not want to believe. Um... And you were almost a little excited, like, I'm going to get to go see Elvis again in concert. And then when we got here, we had no idea where Memphis, where Graceland was. I thought it was down a dirt road. And, you know, we were raising kids. We didn't have a lot of money back then. So we, we would go to a concert as opposed to coming to Memphis because we knew we'd get to see him at a concert. And so we've never been to Memphis. And, I mean, I never dreamed you could stand at the gates and see the house. I thought it was like down a dirt road. And um, we parked the car on Winchester. We rented a car. And I was literally driving around 85 to 90 miles an hour down Winchester from the airport because we had not a clue where we were going. And we saw the crowd. And we simply pulled in with our suitcases in the back in the trunk. Um, It was a Taco Bell at the time. And we pulled in, and we took off running down E.P. Boulevard, not knowing where we were going. But we were following the crowd. We took off running in this heat in August. And we didn't have tennis shoes on, you know, had uh, on hose and heels. And we are running down and just, you know, down. And then we stood there, and it was just awesome to see the house that the man lived in that we love so much.
1: I've been traveling over my even through the valleys, too. And I've been traveling night and day. to you Ever since I read your letter Where you said you love me true I kept traveling and day I kept running all the way Baby trying to get to you
5: Kiki was in her native Athens when she heard the news of Elvis' death. 33 years old, separated with kids, she made up her mind to leave Greece and come to Graceland, even though it meant a marriage of convenience to get here.
13: I did a marriage, a wedding, to move here. Very simple. Even my daughter she tells me, Mama, you didn't have to do this because Stephen was in love with you and this. I said, I explained to him, I'm not in love with him. We get married, we go to Memphis. If you want a divorce, you have it the next day. The only that I want, if not, all right, I'm not behaving to you bad, but I'm not in love with you, all right? He supported me, I mean, to tell the truth, but he passed away after a year, about two years after, I mean, this happened because he had a lot of heart problems, but I didn't know nothing. He didn't want to tell me this. He was thinking that I'm going to leave him, you know. But anyway, he was a nice person. But never been in love, I mean, with him, You know how you can be with two people. You can be in love with two people, you know. I can You say you can't
5: be in love
13: with two people. Do you mean you're in love with Elvis? Yes. What do you think that I am? I'm crazy about him. And I'm still with Elvis in my mind. I mean, and always I try to... I don't care about other things. I mean, my life is... This to have my job, my daughter now is with me. I'm happy about that, and to go if sometimes when I uh, to go up there to put some flowers and to talk with the people. The spirit is everywhere, but I think that I'm closer when I am up there. I know that this is not right because, as I said, the spirit is everywhere, even if you here or there or there. But uh, I think that I'm closer when I'm sitting on the steps by his graveside and I feel so calm and so I start the day different. I'm different when I come back, you know.
5: On the eve of the anniversary, Elvis Presley Boulevard is closed off for half a mile. Like so many other fans, Elizabeth was sitting on her deck chair, reflecting on what Elvis meant to her. I was
3: here oh, and as I said, right after he bought his home. I come through here and I stopped to see it. Because I knew that he, you know, they said that he had bought this house. And I parked over here. As I said, there was nothing over here at the side, only a little laundromat and a little barbecue restaurant. And I could look over and see the house. And then i come back several times after that. He was living, though, you know. And we would watch him. Sometimes you could see him packing the trunk of his car. Or throw, but he'd be maybe have a concert up in Arkansas. One time we were watching him. And he had an orange jumpsuit on. And, uh, he was going to Arkansas for a concert. Every chance we had, we would, you know, come to Memphis, he would get a glance of him. But, um, as I said, he was, you know, as I, I, as I said to a lady tonight, you know, the Lord, he was such a handsome, gifted man. He really was. The Lord gifted him and was a kind person. And that he was godly and the Lord took him when he was young and beautiful for everybody to remember him and he's been a comfort he's a comfort because after my husband passed away I had a hard time I really had a hard time because I took care of him for years and I would play Elvis's music and it would get me through the day I would get really through with it you know I would get comfort out of it and I felt that when the Lord took Elvis it was for a reason and every time the children would come in, they said, well, "You got Elvis on?" And I said, "Yes, I have him on again because I said, you know, he's just a comfort." And uh, my daughter-in-law looks at me. I said, "You know, when I die, I'm having an Elvis funeral." Oh my! I said, "Yes, there's going to be white limousines, my flowers." I've told all my friends. I told where we bury it—the flower shop. I says, "Remember, I says, Dave and Jeff." I says when you put my flowers on, every orders flowers. We I want songs put on the tickets and on the ribbons. <laughs> I said, I know they couldn't afford the big flower pieces, <clears throat> but I says like you know different songs that I like. I want on the, and I says I want all Elvis music played at my <laughs> my daughter-in-law goes flips out. But that's that's what I want. That's my wish. And I, says, I hope they call you know go through with it.
4: I guess I am
3: crazy.
4: (laughs) Well, uh, I'm 74 years old, and this is my 10th year here. I didn't come last year and year before last because I had uh, lung cancer and had to have surgery. I can't go up the hill now, but I come with my son, and he's an avid uh, Elvis fan. I am too, of course. And we come every year except the two years I had to miss. And this lady's from Virginia, West Virginia, and we met her here. That's, that's where you meet a lot of people all over the world, Canada and everywhere else, that you wouldn't meet otherwise. And I love people, and I loved Elvis. So I just think it's great. And as long as the Lord spares me, I'll be back. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> don't ask why, don't ask how our devotion cannot be explained. Our love for him has no beginning, it has no end. The love Elvis invoked in is magical, beyond definition. He was not just a man, but a phenomenon, a space in this life, a space in our hearts, and a space in our collective consciousness. And here he'll stay until it's time for us to go. Don't ask why our love for Elvis has brought us here tonight. Don't ask how we love him, just know we do. Be assured our love for Elvis is forever. We were blessed with his light for a short time. We thank the Lord for the beauty and the magic that he brought to our lives. We know that like a candle, his light will continue to shine in a place more perfect more divine elvis though i'll never in my life see you again in my heart you will stay until it's time for me to go yes until it's time for me to go
1: You're not a dream, you're not an angel, you're a woman. I'm not a king, I'm just a man, take my hand. We'll make a space in this life that we plan. And you will stay until this time. Yes, we're different Worlds apart We're not the same We laughed and played At the stars Like in a game You could have stayed Outside my heart But you came And you stayed Time for
5: Don't ask. Don't ask. And so the final ceremony begins as a torch lit from the flame at Elvis's grave is brought down to the gates. Each fan lights a candle from that torch and walks up the Graceland Avenue to the gravesite in the Meditation Garden. I join the line.
1: This love of mine has no beginning, it has no end I was an oak, now I'm a willow, and I can bend And though I'll never in my life see you again here I'll stay till it's time for you to go Oh, yes, I'll stay till it's time for you to go Thank you very much.
4: If you enjoyed this documentary, you might like to listen to our other Documentary on One productions. Visit RTE.ie forward slash one.
5: Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMT platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C cell tumors. Do not use GLP ones if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.
9: This is the story of the wad. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping.